All right, guys, welcome to the V-Shape Podcast. I'm Katie. I'm here with our brand advocate, Nina. Hi, guys. Tyler, one of our head coaches and other co-founder. And I'm super excited. We got to have a guest last week, and we get to have a guest this week. So, um, Rebecca, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm going to read a little bio about Rebecca, just, I guess, a little history. Rebecca and I worked together, oh, man, we were in the fitness industry together years ago. Yeah. Like 20 yeah. years ago? Okay. Um, a long okay, time yes. ago. So um, I know we're, I'm dating us. I'm sorry. Uh, so we've, we've worked together forever. I've actually worked as a client of Rebecca's. I referred a number of people to her. Uh, she's one of the best people I know in functional in the functional diagnostic space and um, functional nutrition space. So I'm really excited to have you. Let me be very formal and um, offer you Rebecca's bio because it's a, it's a good one. Uh, Rebecca Hazelton is a licensed nutritionist, functional diagnostic nutritionist practitioner, and a heart math stress resilience coach. She works with people across the globe whose health symptoms have forced them to stop living life fully. She helps them regain their health so they can feel great and free to, so they can feel great and uh, sorry about that so they can feel great and free to enjoy their life again. She has authored two books: Choosing Health: A One Size Doesn't Fit All Guide to Diet. Exercise and Motivation and Pleasure Meditation, Your Guide to a Joyful Stress Reduction. And you can uh, check her out on her website at choosinghealthnow.com. You can access her books, her blog, her previous interviews, and uh, also her Unstoppable Health Coaching programs, which I highly recommend. I'm actually on your email list and very much enjoyed the content that you send over. So um, don't forget to check her out at choosinghealthnow.com. So... Again, welcome, Rebecca. We're super excited to have you. Um, When we were starting this podcast, you know, we were basically deciding to open up a a dialogue around, you know, how do we how do we have a discussion around this sort of toxic weight loss culture that we're all a part of? Right. And how do we bring different intentionality when we're exercising or even when we're deciding what foods to eat? And I think it's a I think it's a long overdue conversation. Mm But I think it's a necessary one. You know, Tyler and I have been in the fitness space for years. You and I used to work in the fitness space. And I do think at some point, you know, he and I had to say, okay, we're actually not going to sell weight loss anymore. Like, this isn't really helping anybody, right? Mm -hmm. It's like that cycle of let me come in, market you this weight loss product. You'll use it. You might or might not have results. But most people are coming in with the I want to change the aesthetic right yeah and so I want to change I want to lose weight it doesn't last they give up they go to the next product so it's like I think we can all agree that coming in with the intention of I need to change the way I look or weight loss is my main and primary goal may not really be working yeah 100 percent yeah why (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, yeah, okay, Tyler's just going to jump in with the loaded. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to have a softer landing. I was going to start. Lucky simple. I'm not you right now. Yeah. Why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we definitely, you know, Katie and I started, and and Tyler too. We were all, you know, working in the fitness industry together, and it's a great space to be in, except for the whole idea that you know there's something wrong with you that you need to change. Yeah. And that is not helpful to most people like if you're always trying to change something what happens when you reach your goal can you ever reach your goal because 
then what? You know, if your entire motivation is behind, I have to change this thing that I don't like about myself, then it sets people up for always finding something wrong with themselves because yeah. then when are, what are they going to do after that? For sure. I mean, so would you have clients who would come in and say, okay, I want to have this weight loss goal. They would lose the weight and then, then what? Would they just still not be happy? Oh, yeah. Well, w w we see it all the time, right? People reach their goal and then you run into them later and they're right back to where they used to be or they're on that slippery slope back. Yeah. They're like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Why am I gaining the weight back? I guess I just lost motivation rather than looking at, well, maybe the construct itself was right. the problem. And, yeah. and that's like what got me into like going deeper, you know, not just being a personal trainer, but wanting to really step into that mindset space, yeah. uh, especially around, uh, and I even, I don't even call it weight loss. I call it weight release. Yeah. <laughs> I think that we need to start languaging about that whole concept differently. Like, what is it that you want? Like, are you looking to optimize? Because you can, you know, you can be looking to optimize and then you can maintain. If you're changing the language around it, then you open up for a possibility that is different than there's this one number and if I'm not at that number or that, you know, the either weight on a scale or body fat percentage or a clothing size, yeah. then I'm, I've failed. Yeah. I love that. I love the transition of the language because if we're always trying to lose weight and it's like we're doing it out of shaming ourselves and self-deprecation, yeah. then we get to where we are. Are we expecting to ch just magically have that mindset shift or are we stuck in the pattern of that negativity? And I was on a coaching call yeah. recently and one of the uh, members in our community was like, I lost, I can't remember how much it was, like 107 pounds. And lately it's just been hard. I gained 20 back and I'm just like such a failure. And I'm like, you're... Oh killing it right now like you're really showing up for yourself and then you feel bad about yourself when it when you take a little backwards slide and i, I just i feel so sad in those situations because all i want to do is just be like well celebrate your wins and like get excited about the progress you've made and, and it's just so hard for people to not be married mm -hmm. to that number and just be like this is where i need to be in order to be whatever i think yeah I need to be. and i and i i do appreciate that we're like already getting to this because i know this is like the meat of the conversation um and i know we like got really excited but i kind of want to ask you know, Rebecca, like what brought you into the health space to begin with? Like, what is your journey and what is your, you know, I, what is your story in essence? Like, and has that story evolved over the years? But like, what got, what like fired this passion inside of you to even be in this industry? Yeah, I, I was interested in physical fitness and being active from a very early age. And I don't know if that was just always an inclination or if it was because my father was morbidly obese mm. and like he couldn't do that. And so I was like compensating for that. I was yeah. like doing flips in the front yard and jump roping. Like I was always in motion. Mm -hmm. I don't know anything about that person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. just kidding. Keep going. <laughs> so it's like, I, I actually, I don't know if that was something that um, was a compensation for him or if that was, it's probably a little bit of both, right? Like maybe you saw some of the pain and struggle that he went yeah. through and you felt like, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, like I I'm gonna live, I'm gonna move for both of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I loved being in motion. And then, you know, going to, to college and, and then studying, you know, fitness and all, all of that great stuff um, around movement and how that affects mindset and mental health. I was like, okay, this is my jam. Like, I know that this is what I wanna do and, I stepped into that and absolutely loved it. And then my little brother got sick with mm. cancer, like as I was making that transition. Mm. And so that- And how old were you and how old was he at the time? 
I was um, 22 or 23. I okay. think 23 when, when he got sick. Okay. He was 16. Oh, oh wow. And um, passed away when he was 18. That's wow. so sad. It was really sad. And, and so just seeing the way that he was cared for, almost like in air quotes, by mm. the medical. I mean, <clears throat> there are... I, I don't want to knock any anybody's profession. There's a space for all of it, but there was also a huge gap in mm. in his care and with my father and with other family members who were struggling with d- different either mental health or physical health issues. And so, I just wanted to be someone that could be a resource for mm. people and really hold space for them mm. because I feel like there is a lot of judgment on people when they're struggling with either mental health or physical health and that can create shame around like who wants to change if they're feeling judged all the time they feel like the world doesn't like them because of how they look or like yeah. they can't perform in a certain way and so you know I, it's like I really want to hold space for people to create change like who what will make you happy? Don't yeah. think about like what everyone else in the world wants from you. Like, what do you want to create with your health? And because if you have that as a foundation, then you can do whatever you want in the world. Yeah. You can have a positive impact on the rest of the world and the people in your life. So yeah, what's interesting what to me is like, thank you so much for sharing that. I know yeah. those are like hard things that we go through. And I, you know, it's funny anytime somebody comes to me and they're like oh I have this thing and I'd like to die I'm like I got I got someone for you just go to her website um but it is you know what I have found is that the people who really care and really you know hold space in a way that feels really meaningful and who really have in-depth knowledge are oftentimes people who have gone through very difficult things and so totally um you know having those experiences obviously especially when you were you know like you had your dad kind of shaping this for you possibly and then you were right kind of in the in the start or this the middle of this decision to go down this path and then you have this thing with this you know really terrible sad thing with your brother and then it probably just took you down the path even further would you say oh 100 percent. yeah because i was oscillating on i've already put a ton of time and money and energy into school do i want to go back to school for yeah. nutrition so that definitely inspired me yeah. i actually had a dream I suck with like timelines, so I'm no like, worries. I don't Same know. Here, girl. It was sometime after he passed, and I had this dream that um, he was in as a young, like a young boy, and he's like holding this tomato out to me, and I start talking about lycopene, which is a phytonutrient <laughs> in my dream, and I woke Somebody up. Somebody studied, and yeah. I was like, "You need to go for it. Like you're Do you feel writing like your that book, was your and brother? you're going to school. Oh, hundred percent." Yeah. A hundred percent. And I was terrified, like most of the time, you know, making that decision and going through that process. But it was like, you need to step. This is bigger than you. Yeah. I go so clear. Like this is beyond you and you need to just trust that and go for it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so glad I did that. Yeah. (laughs) Me too. I don't regret it at all. It's (laughs) so important though. I feel like people need to stand up and say like, I want to, I want to do something to change this, you know? And we get so stuck in like, oh, I'm, I'm a nobody or I can't make any difference. And we don't realize that everyone experiences pain in their lives. And yep. you can use that pain to grow and learn and find purpose. Or you can wallow in it and you can fall apart. And I think it's so important for people just to be open to the reality that sometimes the most painful things in your life are the things that can help you grow the most if you're open-minded to it. 
Yeah, I mean, you do, but you do have to face it, and that's, I think, what's the the difficult part about it is, like, how do I turn this experience into something, like, even asking the question, like, is this experience, you know, presenting itself for a a purpose for me, Mm -hmm. you know? And that, it can be, I, I just don't think that anything that has really great value and great meaning doesn't come with that other side too right it's it's everything is always going to try to balance balance out so yeah um creating <coughs> that stark contrast yeah to really see things clearly because it's under that emotional pressure that our brain chemicals are just they're they're telling you to pay attention like they're making sure you are paying attention and learning in that moment and that's why things that are so emotional for us often like we don't forget them yeah because it it creates that imprint in our memory. And I think well. that that's part of the reason I, you know, when people are asking me, like, who would you? I'm like, I would see Rebecca because I feel like you're not just holding the piece about, like, make sure you do this exercise and make sure you only eat this. You're like, okay, let's, let's talk about the other stuff that influences all of that as well, mm-hmm. which is, like, the psychological and emotional state of a, of a person is, is usually at the driver's seat. Oh, yep. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, you know, I w- I've been asking a few people lately, like, oh, I'm doing this podcast. We have this product. And I, and I, when I bring people on, like, what question? And it's so funny when I ask people this, they kind of all say the same thing. And I want to tackle this a little bit because I, I'm a little bit stuck in how to answer it. But they're like, a lot of people in our community, a lot of people that I chat with who use our product, they're like, I just want to know how to stay motivated. Mm. And I'm like, oh, that f- doesn't feel like a really simple answer. That feels like a really complex, and it's like beyond, you know, I, I don't know. So I would mm-hmm. love to hear if you have a client who comes in and they're like, I want to stay consistent. That's what I need to do is stay consistent, but I lack motivation. What do you think you would say to them? Mm. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, and a one size doesn't fit all when it comes to motivation. Yeah. I mean, there's different things that inspire people. So that's something that when I'm doing goal assessment with clients, like what what's your goal? And usually it comes out something like, you know, I wanna lose weight, right? Yeah. I wanna lose X amount of pounds or I want to reduce reduce inflammation or whatever yeah. the thing. And so you're like, hold on, that's kinda here. Let's go a little deeper. Yeah, well that's like <laughs> what we call the first half. Right. And what's the second half? And I did not create this and I'm trying to remember the author. There's a, there's a We'll have to like put Don't it in the worry. show notes yeah, or well, something. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not taking credit where I didn't earn it. So, but it's it's it was this book like um, how to stay happy or how to find happiness or something. And it's like there's two halves to every goal. There's the really obvious one, the one that comes to us quickly, and then there's why that's important. Yeah. Like that second half of the goal is the reason for inspiring you and for staying motivated. Mm. So I want to release. 20 pounds because what's your because yeah because I want to and and sometimes you have to go a little deeper with that question because um I want to look great on my wedding day why is that important to you because I want to capture the feeling of happiness I want to you know whatever the thing so that second half is really really important um, and, and you'll keep asking that question, like, well, why is it important for you to capture those? Because I want to show it to my grandkids. Why is that important? Because I want to, you know, show them how, you know, much I loved that day and how much love was there in my life. Ah, you want to be an expression of love. That's what's important to you. That's what motivates you. Yeah. So with each person, you want to really take a look at that second 
heart like what is inspiring you and always come back to that if you're losing motivation you're not connecting or you've grown beyond that and you need to change it you need to refresh it you need to revamp it um, and we all need that like there's no shame in that there's no judgment in that if you're feeling uninspired go a little deeper with yourself maybe that you know I was just chatting with someone earlier it's like oh are you rock climbing I'm like no nah, not really grooving on that lately yeah it really inspired me before and you know maybe it was because I wanted to look really tough and strong you know scale on those walls and that's not important to me anymore but I'm still fit and healthy and I do other things yeah because being fit and healthy is important yeah right so yeah. just looking at that yeah because I just I feel like so many of our so many people in our community out of our community are just like I want to look better and I and it's not I, a strong enough intention or goal to keep you m motivated and when you I'm also mad motivated. about that though yeah because I feel like that's just <laughs> that's like bullshit I'm like it's like I I just sometimes I I wake up in the morning and I'm like okay what brainwashing thing are you gonna believe today that the thoughts that go through your mind you know it's like just that concept we talked have we did we talk about this on here or outside of here I never know but it's like you don't have to believe everything you think yeah, yeah. and it's like sometimes the like things inside our mind or actually I would argue many of the things inside of our mind were not put in there by us and so oh just God. this like so much of it. you have to look this way because it, it's like I don't know and I and I and I feel like there's a lot of people who have told me as I've shifted our business model and deepened our mission around you know let's teach people how to move and connect with their body and feel good and focus on focus on things like I have more energy I sleep better I you know these things like I don't have as much back pain I mean to me those feel more meaningful and I've had people tell me yeah you're not gonna be able to sell that product because people just want to look better and I'm like can we are we can we be ready to not do that anymore or we can we I know it's hard because I feel like we're all brainwashed that's what, but you, I, that's what you're doing right now you're trying to take those by steps, asking that you question know? you're making people think about it that didn't yeah because they just accept it it is this unconscious acceptance of a culture that breeds aesthetic above everything yeah by asking that question you're already getting like can people i just thinking say, about that like are we not embarrassed in the u.s that like the kardashians are the most popular thing i'm like that's what like if i could sum up the united states of, like that's what we those are the most popular people in the united states of america like i didn't even know that they're our royal family no that's what they've been called that's, that's like legitimately true and i'm like it is the most toxic combination of people she's, she's like, like oh i can't no, like Rebecca's passing out. This is vodka. Yeah. <laughs> Rebecca, <laughs> Rebecca's passed out. I just, I feel like, I just feel so sad that that that's what they're using their power for. Do you yeah. know what I mean? To perpetuate a belief that the looks are the most important thing. Let's get Sh real. Our society is just, it's fucked up. Like plain <laughs> and simple. Like we are chasing the wrong things that we think are going to make us feel happy. And the reality it's is like, buy none this, of them are get real. happy. Look buy this, this way, get happy. Get happy. This, yeah. it's, it's like, it's have ridiculous. this much money, get happy. It's like, nowhere along the way is it like, you know, what are we doing for the environment? How are we taking care of ourselves to feel better and have longevity and help others? Like, I, it, it, I don't know. I think yeah. one of the sad yeah. things about that, though, is that a lot of people, when I ask that kind of question, like, are you happy or what brings you happiness? They don't always have an answer. They don't know. They maybe have never yeah. felt it. I mean, I think when you're scrolling Instagram, 
and you don't have a solid relationship with self and you don't feel like you can practice daily behaviors that bring you joy um, and you're not that connected, you are like, well, that looks like what happiness is supposed to feel like. Right. And exactly. so you're like, cool, I guess I'll try to get that. Or cool, I guess I'll try to get that because you maybe don't have that strong connection with self. I mean, that's something I've really worked on building in the last five years of my life where I'm like, sometimes sitting and having a cup of tea like really brings me joy and it sounds so boring but like that alone okay. time that like quality connected time with myself gives me clarity that like checks in with those things we ask ourselves of am I happy today well what could I do to make that happen and, and support myself and goes back to self-talk we discussed but like I don't think a lot of our people a lot of our culture like really has a strong connection with what happiness feels like I yeah th I think they're trying to distract from the pain rather than connect with themselves right and yeah you know, going back to what you were saying um, with regard to, I wish we could change the, the, the initial goal from people from look differently to like feel better. Um, you know, one thing I've observed is in anybody I've worked with who has aches, pains, injuries, or is getting older and that's just kind of becoming a part of their life, their goals change, right? They might've been wanting to lose weight their whole life, but at some point when your hip hurts and your knee hurts, and everything, you're like, I just wish I wasn't in pain every yeah. day. And I wonder if people recognize that the decisions you're making today are going to affect your life later in life. You know, if you could just fast forward to the 70 year old version of yourself and say, do I want to be sharp in my brain? Do I want to have still be active and be able to do things in my daily life and like feel good? Or do I want to just be like the other 70 year olds out there who need a wheelchair and a walker and have a hurt hip and everything's hurting? Like people will start to realize you've got to you've got to prioritize making those decisions now, you know. But our culture doesn't facilitate that. Our culture is you know, immediate gratification, consumerism, we'll deal with that problem once it gets here. Like there's no forth, like let's think about how we're gonna feel later, you know? And it is hard to, to, to get inside your, even my own mind and be like, don't worry about the looks thing, just feel good in your body. Like even for my own self personally, I'm like, don't get sucked back into that. Because it, in the long term, it's like we talked about this last time, right? Like what people really say when they're dying. And it's like no one is like I'm so wish I was on the cover of that magazine or I wish I was this or I wish I had all that money. I wish I spent more time on TikTok. Uh, uh oh. Hey, sorry, TikTokers. <laughs> I'm personally offended, but um, <laughs> that's do you the know dopamine. What I mean? <laughs> that's the dopamine getting mad. Well, people are so creative. <laughs> I learn so yeah. much on TikTok <laughs> these days. Yeah, keep telling yourself those lies. I don't. I don't watch it. I yeah. love it. Um, it's a great <laughs> bath time activity if <laughs> everyone's wondering. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, but anyway, I don't know. I just I feel like it sounds like when people are, are coming in with that mentality of I just want to change how I look. It sounds like maybe in your own experience with clients that it, it's probably not going to last very long in terms of the success of, of their goal of, of changing their health. Right. If they're only focused on the outside, then they're going to, you know, they're, you're going to be fixating on that and you're going to be just changing you're just trying to tinker with that but what's really driving everything which is such an aha with my clients it's like hey you're trying to change that but that that weight excess is uh, or whatever the whatever the symptom is that's a symptom of what's going on in your mindset okay what is it that you're trying to create like symptoms if there's unease in the body whether it's being overweight having anxiety having digestive issues that's those are symptoms yeah but we don't look at weight excess or insufficiency as a symptom we look at it as the problem and it's not the problem mm -hmm. it's a symptom mm. okay so changing that conversation of like if you are not experiencing the wellness and the vitality that you want 
what foundation do you, you gotta look at the foundation that you wanna support, which is gonna help with everything. What we do is we narrow in on this one thing. This is the problem, if I could just fix things, we all want like that magic cure, that quick fix, and it doesn't exist. And you know, that sucks for sales no, and if marketing. You just, if, you just, <laughs> if you just buy Kylie Jenner's lipstick, you will look. There's yeah. actually been a huge Excellent. rumor going around recently for your pop culture moment that um, the Kardashians have been, like there's curiosity around whether or not they're using diabetic, like drugs for diabetes that are causing them to like rapidly lose weight, but it's exceptionally dangerous. And there's been a run on the drugs in Australia because people can't get their hands on them because people are using them as a diet aid. God. That oh, yeah, insane. I think I actually on TikTok, uh, a physician was on there and saying, if you are marketed these diabetic drugs like for weight don't loss, take them. I need to tell you about all the people who are experiencing severe, irreversible health conditions right. from these drugs. Absolutely that's do not thing. take them. Magic pills, even if they do exist, almost always come at a price that's not of worth course. paying. Cost, yeah. Remember yeah. the Fen-Fen scandal There's like no in the lunch. 90s? Like, Hello, no. we know this. Yeah. yeah, that's for sure. Just the carrot above, uh, just the dangling carrot looks so, I don't. I don't know, but I mean, so what I would like to talk about a little bit too is because as I've as we've shifted even our own business model and kind of woken up to like, yeah, we're not going to sell weight loss stuff anymore. Um, <clears throat> we want to sell a product that is really centered around moving well in your body, connecting with your body, feeling good in your body. Um, the topic of weight loss still does come up, and so I'm like, I feel I feel a little bit paralyzed in it because I'm like, I don't really want to talk about weight loss because I feel like our society is obsessed with weight loss and I'm over it but I also know that sometimes people have legitimate like I have health concerns as a result of my weight that are really like scary for me and I need to lose weight so help me bridge this Rebecca because what's happened is as I was in this industry and now I'm like gone to the other side where I'm like anti-weight loss and so like I need I need someone like you to bring me back to the middle and help me understand what what a healthy physical and psychological and emotional approach to this is and I know let's use your terminology I want to re I want to relearn sure yeah the weight release or weight balance right because there are people who you know legit need to gain weight and there are people that legit need to release weight like they're just not experiencing the pleasure in their bodies that they could be uh, because there's an imbalance there yeah so you know if people come to you and that's what they're asking for probe ask questions you know okay well what what will having that do for you yeah you know again getting to that second half of the goal oh you want to move more freely you want to pick up some active hobbies you want to connect with your community in a physical way okay so that's what's important to you so if you imagine yourself uh, moving better feeling stronger having more energy that would allow you to have access to those things that you're saying you want, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you know, and and if they're like, yes, a hundred percent, it's like, okay, so let's, I get the weight release part, and look at how much more you're out to create besides that little tiny thing. Yeah, it's not just about weight release. So just being really honest with them, you know, okay, I get that you want to release extra excess weight, weights that weight that's not serving you. Um, I am not a big fan of the scale, especially for some people. I think it can be really toxic. And I'm much more about like, what do you want your body to feel like in space? Because what do you want to be doing? That could be a different number on a scale for anyone, right? Right. I always joke, it's like, are you planning to go into outer space? Yeah. (laughs) Because if you're not, then what's the point of the scale? Like, who cares about your gravitational force? To (laughs) step on a machine and look at a number and let that decide how you feel 
I yeah. mean, if you sit in that for a second, it's insanity. It's insanity to step on a machine, look at a number, yep. and be like, I feel bad about myself because yeah. of the machine's number. It's crazy. Totally. No, it is. It's I crazy. agree with you. And I mean, I wonder, Rebecca, if you can speak on a little bit. So, you know, even though I was in the fitness industry for years, um, I mean, I, I am still. I, I never went away from it. <laughs> but I always struggled to even want to exercise. I was a big promoter of health and wellness. Um, and it was a couple years ago that I started really evaluating sort of the narrative in my own mind around, um, I've talked about it before, I hired a mentor who had almost died of stage four cancer. And she was like, basically went in to the hospital and they were like, yeah, you're, you're not leaving. You're actually getting admitted today. And she had three very small children at home. Ooh. And she, and I remember I was kind of at a really low point in my own personal life and I wanted just a break and I I went outside to take a hot tub by myself and I put on a podcast and she was on a podcast and I went damn it I'm you know those moments where you're like this happened for this reason I was supposed <laughs> to hear this woman and her message was I neglected myself I caved to societal expectations of I'm only here to serve other people I'm not here to take care of myself and I it took me a long time to get out of that hole and then once I got out of that hole it was like this like idea that I can't care for others until I care for myself. Mm -hmm. And I want to speak on this a little bit because, you know, I, everyone is welcome in our community at WeShape. But I, I will say that I hold a special place in my heart for the women because I do feel that the fitness industry that sits on the back of the societal values has really fucked us over. I'm just going to be frank about it. And you guys are going to have to bleep out all my cussing. <laughs> I get it. Whatever. But um, it's, it's – it's really done a disservice. And it's like, take care of everybody else, you're last, uh, everything in your personal life, you have to have a career, you have to have, you know, have you ever seen that meme where Corella DeVille is driving and her veins are popping out of her head and she has like, her hair's all wild and she looks like crazy and it's like, trying to maintain my career, trying to stay fit, <laughs> trying to do this, trying, and it's like, yeah, that's what women are expected to do and then we're just quiet about it. And they were like wondering why we're having like breakdowns or wondering why we're struggling with any health things, let alone motivation, like forget motivation. It's like, I'm barely keeping it together, right? Yeah. And so I feel like that decision for me to say, no, 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 no. We're gonna examine the narrative. We're gonna stop doing this. And inch by inch, we're gonna learn how to take care of yourself first, mm -hmm. regardless of what the messages that are coming in over here saying, to be a good mom, you have to do this, to be a good okay. you know, boss, you have to do this. To be do it's like, I just had to stop all the voices in my own mind and yeah. say, what do you care about? And how can you actually really show up for these people if you're coming in it from that perspective or you're acting from that oh, space? Yeah. And it was weird, as I started doing that, there was no motivation needed. I was like, right. oh, I just, I like want to get on my bike today or I want to go lift weights or it's I'm like excited. space for yourself. Yeah. It wasn't empty. Yeah. So it's yeah. like well, sometimes when people ask me about motivation, I'm like, I just like started caring about me. And then <laughs> I was like, I really want to like make this nutritious soup with my kids. Like, because it's like a fun thing for me to do. I know that sounds silly, but it's like, it's like what Nina's saying. Like I enjoyed the cup of tea. I wasn't, you know, it was like, I wasn't trying to have less sugar. Trying Your priorities to do this. shifted. My value shift, yeah, because I cared about taking care of myself. I, yeah. I think you're speaking to like the antidote for for you know a lot of pain that people suffer in is is just self love, right? If you genuinely love yourself, you don't put shit in your body, you don't not take care of your body, and I feel like it's so hard for people to look in the mirror and say, look at that person over there, they're amazing, 
I love me, right? Because there's so many things that society tells us we shouldn't love about ourselves. Yes. You shouldn't love yourself if you don't do this or if you don't do that or if you don't have a career, all the things that you just said. But the reality is it starts inside. I know the funniest inside, part right? about that time in my life before I had my come to Jesus hot tub moment was that I was <laughs> eating meticulously to a point where it was actually unhealthy psychologically. I have a question about that, yeah. actually. And you're a nutritionist, right? Yep. So can you, like, I try to practice food neutrality as much as possible. But, like, the media tells us good food, bad food, mm. whatever. Like, I imagine a nutritionist as being someone who, like, never puts bad stuff in their body, like, ever. And I'm like, what's that like for you who, like, knows so much about nutrition to then, like, do you allow yourself what we like to call fun foods? Like, I think eating is definitely, it's pleasurable, right? I don't think it was not meant to be pleasurable. Like, I agree. I used to date this guy who literally, like, meals did not matter. Like, he could have just taken a pill. Like, that would have saved his time. And I'm like, oh, I don't have that experience at all. Like, <laughs> That's not me. I'm trying to have, like, a date with this spaghetti right now. <laughs> and You're so, a Taurus like, moon girl. <laughs> yeah. I wonder, like, what is that like? Like, how to, is, is food neutrality the answer? Is just accepting, like, sometimes I have fun with food. Sometimes I make more different nutritional-based choices. Like, what yeah. is your practice around mm -hmm. food? That's a really good question. And I, I think that what is a fun food or a pleasurable food is not something that makes you feel like crap. <laughs> so I very much evaluate what I'm eating under that lens because my goal is I want to feel good. I want right. to show up. I don't want to feel tired after I eat. I don't want to have my belly aching. I don't want to not feel great. So that's going to dictate my choices. So if there's something that's really tasty and it's going to make me feel horrible it's a no it's a hard pass mm. it's not even a conversation wow. because my priority my value is I want to feel good and if I'm not feeling good I can't show up for myself I can't show up for anybody I love so why would I do that I think that you know you can have your proverbial cake and eat it too there are so many delicious foods that make me feel great that make you feel great and it's not the same for everyone yeah because like I said during that time in my life I was actually eating the best I had ever eaten but I was emotionally distressed about feeling it. depleted yeah. and it's funny I've actually loosened up a little bit over the years and I I feel like still okay in my body and I was like you're gonna loosen up and what's gonna happen you're going down Everything's right you're gonna fall apart. the universe will tear in yeah. half and so again I it's do so think scary. I do think that it is individual too yeah right because you know I, I don't know. I just think that there's such an emotional, psychological component to it. And I was, I was very, yeah. I just, it was one of those things that kind of shifted for me was relaxing a little bit because I was noticing how much energy I was holding around every little thing that went in my body. I was like, and now I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe you were doing that. That was like so much to hold. But it, it is hard and it's hard because you can't tell somebody what that looks like exactly for them. Right. Because that, what you just described could not, like that could be very stressful or not stressful at all. Yeah. Right? It just depends on how you hold it. Yeah. Like, yeah. of course I care about what goes in, but like, not, that ain't no thing. Like, yeah. Okay. And that's just how I roll. I think yeah. people lie to themselves too. Oh, it's not a big deal. I'm not stressed out about this, but really inside their inner dialogue is just crushing them over yeah. and over again. Right. It I, could go know, either way. I know how deep you, you personally go in this. I would love it if you could touch on like that mindset side. Like, you know, when we stress about food then it increases these hormones like would you touch yeah, on that? yeah yeah totally i think it's important get into it it's really important it is important i mean you know we can definitely you know chop off our foot you know in the process of trying to create really good health because it's so true like if you are stressing so much about any element of in life that you're trying to create would be it uh, improved diet or improving your sleep or your fitness 
then your body is bathing you in stress hormones. And that is really bad for your cells uh, and your mind. But, you know, cortisol, our primary stress hormone, is a catabolic hormone. It breaks your tissues down. It breaks down your muscle tissue. It weakens your joints. It actually creates this really interesting concept called cortical inhibition in the brain. So you don't think as clearly. You're not as sharp. And so it's the irony of if we are stressing about what good thing we're trying to create, we're not, we're not creating so much good anymore. So it's really about embracing what we're trying to create. Like how, how can I bring this in? And, you know, we just focus on this perfectionism and all or nothing. And that is one of the worst things that we can do. It's like, hold a little grace and space for yourself. None of us are perfect. Yeah. I am not perfect. You're not, per- none of us are perfect. Let it go. Like, why are we trying to bullshit each other that we're, per- we're not perfect? So if we let go of that and just hold space for, I'm going to do this my best that I can today, then we all of a sudden, like, we can relax into it. We can enjoy the process more. We might make a a meal that we thought was going to turn out really great, and it didn't. And it's like, okay, that wasn't great. Doesn't mean I'm never going to cook again. No, it means that wasn't a win. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to try again. Like, I don't need to judge it. I don't need to stress about it. And if I'm worrying about, you know, every little thing that's wrong with this like healthy meal I'm trying to make, I'm not going to actually be able to digest and absorb that nutrition. Yeah. I'm going to be doing my body more harm than good. So that's a great question. I'm glad you brought it up. Like, how, how do people navigate the self-judgment, right? Because that's what somebody I hear on the coaching calls all the time. It's just like, oh, I totally failed yesterday. And the way I perceive it is, is they say, I failed. I'm a failure. Mm-hmm. And then they feel like a failure. And then that, that feeling of being a failure makes them have bad decisions. It's the attachment and they to the identity. Yeah, and then become, when you become that, that identity, then yeah. you make a slide <laughs> decisions from that space. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I was just having this conversation with a client today about how, you know, we <laughs> humans are committed. We have, like, this unconscious commitment to looking good. We don't want to look bad to anyone, to ourselves, to our family, to our friends, to society. We want to look good. It's in all of our minds. But we pretend it's not. Like, oh, yeah. I don't care. We care. So you think social media is making that better, right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> 100% no. Yeah. yeah like, we, we want to filter on it. Yeah. And so what do we do? Like, we, we put on this facade. And if, and if we don't look good, like, we're like, oh, my God, I, I screwed up so bad. Like, it's humiliating. We make it mean more than no one's perfect, no one looks good all the time, or owning it. Like, yeah, of course I want to look good to other people. I want to look smart and pretty and all the things. That's what we're, it's like this unconscious commitment, unspoken commitment. Own it. Be Own truthful it. with yourself. Be, be really honest. And then you're free from yeah. it. It's like, oh, that was that part of my brain that's just like, yeah, I want to look good. Okay. That's what happened there. And if you can release that, we all share in that uh, judgment, then you're, you're more free from it. It's still going to come up. Like, yeah. it's totally going to be there. It's you know? your guru. It's going to show up over and over yeah. again reminding you. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I think if you know about recognizing it, recognizing what it is is the first step. Right. If you know about it, then it's not going to bite you in the butt so hard. You're yeah. just going to be like, okay, that's a totally normal human thing. Yeah. I don't have to feel bad about that. That That's guiding me to, well, what else is there? Yeah. Okay, I want it to look good, but what else is there? Okay, I want to feel good. I want to improve upon this. Like, what's the, the thing that made you fail is something you were striving for that's awesome. Like if it were, if you were just doing like the basic everything you always do, that's, you're probably not going to fail, but you're also not going to grow. Yeah. 
and you're not going to get to a new place. And usually when people are trying to create some improvement with their health, it's because they're trying to actually up-level their life in some way, and that is super admirable. But guess what? It's also usually not a familiar space. So And sometimes the people around you don't like that. Totally. Right? But it's like, oh, it's unfamiliar, so you know, you're probably going to screw up, and you think you're going to look bad doing it. But you, it doesn't have to look bad. Like, uh, I love, I love that you said that, just the fact that, like, I say this all the time, people are so afraid to fail. They're yeah. so afraid to fail that they never take a step. And it turns out all the great lessons come from failing, right? Yeah. You've got to go out there. You've got to fall flat on your face, and you've got to just stand back up and keep going. And yep. I think that so few people take that avenue because they're so afraid if I fail, then I'm a failure. The world will judge me. What will people think about me? Mm -hmm. And that doesn't matter. All that matters is what you think about you, right? right? Which is super important. Yeah, I mean, and we are just totally obsessed with what other people think about us. Yeah, how do we not do that anymore? I'd yeah. like to stop that. <laughs> if you have the magic answer for that, that would be great. I wish I, I, wish yeah. I did, but I think it's kind of a moment-by-moment moment yeah. question. Like, in this moment, how do I care a little less what someone who I – they don't really know me. I don't yeah. really know them. I don't need to give up my power to that. Yeah. Like, I, I know me the best, so I can just be a little kinder to myself. I don't have to give up that power. But I think it is moment by moment. I don't think there's this magic switch and we never do it again. But yeah. I think it's important. This is I, so as someone who probably has a little more experience in this realm myself, it's like I when mean, I yeah, used to you don't really I'm going to be I don't feel like you care that much about what people think about. Yeah, you. but it that's, makes but me that's really uncomfortable. that's not yeah, it makes me uncomfortable. it makes you super uncomfortable when I'm doing breathing techniques on the beach with a bunch of people around. Not on, on the <laughs> airplane. No, 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 no. When I'm in a speedo <laughs> doing the front airplane. split. On the airplane next to a stranger. Yeah, what's the stranger going to do? This, right. The, the seat is shaking. Oh, that's awesome. Just because I'm good no, at pranayama in airplanes. Nina, get, Nina goes on a flight with Tyler. I'm already at the destination. <laughs> she gets off the flight. I'm like, hey, how's it going, girl? She goes, uh, that was a really weird flight. <laughs> Tyler's and I was like, five hours, you guys. Five hours of that. He didn't no, watch a movie. He didn't open his, nothing. He just sat there and, and huffed the airplane <laughs> the air. Huffed the airplane air. So, okay, so let me paint a picture. Right. This was not always the case. I was very, very insecure. And there was a moment where I decided I didn't want to be insecure anymore. And I wanted to start, like, enjoying myself and being confident in myself. And the moves that I made there were I went to the gym. And when I was at the gym, I noticed I was thinking about what everybody else was looking at me. So mm -hmm. how, do I, how do I beat this? I wear something ridiculous. So I know that everybody's looking at me. And I let it go. <laughs> what did right? you wear? Oh, how like, you know, like, you? that was, like, 17 oh or something like that. I would, like, cut off sleeves, sweatshirt, like, ridiculous looking yes. outfit. I'd be like, I'm going to look as ridiculous as possible so I don't have to worry Such about it. Such an interesting anymore, approach, right? honestly. No, but, I mean, seriously, if we worry about what other people think, then just go to the thing that you think they're going to think weird about and just yeah. get comfortable with it. Right. You know? They are thinking so – they're think, they are thinking thoughts about you. Like, people just do. We judge. Yeah, Everyone but you does. know the other thing, too, I realized? There's yeah. this rule that somebody taught me years ago. I, I can't remember who it was, but it's the 20-40-60 rule, right? At 20, you think oh, yeah. everyone is thinking about you. At 40, you decide, you know what? I don't care what other people are thinking about me. At 60, you realize nobody was thinking about you They're the whole time. Thinking They're thinking about, about themselves. themselves. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> but it's so true, right? It if is everyone true. is like, yeah. I want to look good, it's just like, yeah, own it. So go look as bad as you possibly can in public and <laughs> just be it. like, that's the podcast, guys. So big, you know? <laughs> or feel really good code. no matter what you're wearing. That's it. And that's. It. Like just well, be, that's feel what I good said before. Is like even when Kim Kardashian is like doing her whole thing, people are still criticizing her. Oh, so it's like yeah. if you're gonna get Critics criticized, no matter yeah. what, it's like 
there's there's we're two, going with the cutoff sweatshirts. There's two so. people at this table that are criticizing me for doing breath work on an airplane. You know? <laughs> no, we're not criticizing <laughs> a strong. Some of the closest people in my life. No, right? no, no, it was just I still alarming. Don't care. It was alarming. <laughs> it was alarming. I was worried maybe you were hyperventilating or something. I thought Nina it was a medical said, I was having a panic attack for Nina five hours. Said, like, are you okay? <laughs> no, Nina said the seat was shaking. It and was you the were, movement. That's what happens when you breathe violently. Violently. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Oh, boy. I was in a deep meditation. It was beautiful. You're like, but I felt so good. <laughs> I did feel Light great. Flight really flew by for yeah. him. Yeah. You know, br- I mean, honestly, just, just to say something, I think breathwork is a beautiful one because <gasps> I recommend breathwork to a lot of people, and I feel that very few people will do breathwork because they feel so weird doing it. And if you're sitting there going <sighs> in this whoa, rapid whoa. fashion, people think Nina's that you're really sweating. crazy. But if you do it, even like four or five times, you'd be like, this is so valuable. It's so worth it. I feel so good when I do it. And there's and so go, much, none of the so people many styles of breath work too. Yeah. Like you don't have, you don't have to, you don't have to do that You don't have to do like Tyler is doing. She has a credential, I, listen to the yeah. <laughs> Well, I lo- you know, Tyler and I have geeked out about heart math. Like, there's yeah. some very gentle, deep breathing techniques, and that don't involve nobody knows looking you're like a doing psychopath. that <laughs> except <laughs> you. It's this nice little secret that you can have, and and they feel great too. I am a huge fan of breath work, and there's many styles. I don't even know all the styles of breath work, but find what works for you. We have gentle and violent <laughs> options. I also do gentle. A lot more time than violent, but I got to do the violent too. Oh there you go. That's just who I am. We need like a. Is it violent or is it? invigorating intense. Yeah, intense yeah 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 intense that's probably a better word for it i just figured with the chair shaking it just yeah. <laughs> melodic the bolts come loose on the airplane oh man oh my god just the look on nina's face they when put she got the, off the flight. airplane seatbelt light on because of tyler possible <laughs> <laughs> plane turbulence oh wait it's just that guy oh it's your breathing buddy no but it's so important the way to feel so good about yourself is to stop caring what other people think. And you know what? Most of the time, what I find is that people are worried not about the people close to them. They're worried about that too, but it's about strangers, right? And the way I circumvent this, it might be extreme and intense again, is contemplate impermanence, right? Yeah. One, time, one day, we're all going to die. And that means that all the choices we make every single day up until that point, they really matter. They really matter. And if we're spending our time saying, what's all these people going to think about me if I'm, if I'm leaning into myself? then you're just losing yourself. Right. And you're not living the life the way you should, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I, I say I that a lot, you. but it's really important. I mean, really important. Nina and I do this thing where we're like, oh, if we do this thing, like, what will our parent think? Oh, God. And I'm like, oh, I'm God. Almost, I think go I'm going to be 40 pretty soon, and I still do that. And yeah. then I had this realization, and this is, like, really morbid, but I was like, I'll just be the freest me once my parents finally pass away of old age, not anytime soon. Natural causes old age. Totally. And then I was like, but my mom had me at 22. <laughs> so then if I lived to like the a same good 10 age, years. I would only be 20 years 22 of years yeah. of Authentic. my free life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I just don't tell my mom but I do a podcast. <laughs> and I just <laughs> I just show up as me. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, yeah. It, it, it's, it's not that we're going to stop caring about what other people think. But we have to care more about what we think. Yeah. yeah and I think that's yeah. where... And that's where I really want to empower women specifically. And I am sure it happens to men too. So I don't want to like shun the men out of this conversation. But I do feel like. I feel really judged in this conversation. (laughs) Um, Just just do some breathing exercises. You're going to make it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't rock the table. (laughs) I feel like women do have like you will do this. It's like look at right now. All women. Now women are expected to have a career and raise a family. And I'm like that's not. That's too. That's. That's two full-time yeah, jobs. It's like not enough hours in the yeah, day. Yeah, I actually think that they had 
done research on just being a stay-at-home mom, and I think it was three full-time jobs. Yeah, yeah, I and believe so that. And so now it's four full-time. So do you see what I mean? It's like I feel like um, – I'm not saying it's only women, but I feel like women especially have been – raised in a society where they are to be of service of other and anytime that you are raised in an environment where you have service of other you're instantly put in a position where you actually have to care about what someone else thinks there's a really good book that talks about this um it's called burnout and oh my god i've heard about this i need to read it and they talk about this like as a concept in our society like we're raising this you know like compliant and obedient mostly women but definitely not only women um to yeah like don't speak up do what you're told do more like just shut up and put up and all all of this harmful stuff and this other book that i just finished uh, reading for the second time oh my gosh it's called boundary boss super good gosh i got some books today boundary boss by terry cole that that she she talks about this concept called emotional labor and i was like Oh my God! There's a word for there's like a term for it. I wonder if it's the same thing as invisible work. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, yeah it sounds yeah. like it. Tell invisible me about work. It. Yeah, basically, it's what are you doing that no one's seeing? You're not getting paid for, but it takes a huge amount of bandwidth. And oh my God, like that just it really was meaningful for me because I realized like I of course do that too and get resentful for doing so much like unpaid unseen work yeah and not talking about it not speaking up about it so it's really important to just notice like if you're feeling resentful of doing too much it's probably because you're taking on too much but here's here's where we as women can and any men that are doing this too like be empowered of if you share how it's going for you and if you ask for help or you try and delegate it uh, then you could actually have a completely different result. But when we try and, you know, just suck it up and, you know, take it all on, we actually don't allow for that possibility. Mm. And so I started playing around with it in my own life. I'm like, oh, my God, this is definitely an amazing shift. You know, I just turned 44. I'm just now getting this whole <laughs> other layer. Like, we can always learn more. And I was like, this this is truly amazing. Like, I'm looking at the areas where I feel like I'm just, like, doing all the things. Like, in the morning. Okay, good example. Get my daughter ready. Get myself ready. I got to go to work. I'm running my own business. And I feel like I have to, you know, either, you know, manage my daughter packing her lunch, cook breakfast for her and me, and get ready and do all these things. And, you know, my husband's there. And and we, you know, in, in my mind, it's like, well, he can see that all this needs to happen. Yeah. But guess what? The second I ask, like, hey, can you do this one? Can you do this? Of course I can. Yeah. Like, of course I'm happy to do that. Yeah. But it's like we carry. And that's what I mean. Like, I have curiosity. If you were <laughs> able to maybe overcome, there, there's less of a layer. Being, being, I personally think there's less of a layer being a man in, in our society. Because, oh, for sure. Let because, me, like, I was, like, trained to be, like, so if you're trained to be in service of other then automatically, like I just said, you are instantly programmed that what other people think of you because you're serving them matters. And then you yeah. don't know how to ask for what you need. And yeah. you're doing all these things for other people. And then you're holding, like, even, like, other things. Like, I, I think about sometimes how something will come up with one of our kids. 
and I'll be like, ooh, I want to sit down and talk about this and read this book because I notice that our children are going through this developmental milestone. Like our daughter just went to kindergarten. She's been having like a terrible transition. Like I did not do her a service of some sort. Like she broke out in a rash her, all over her body from stress. She was waking up for hours in the middle of the night. And then I was like, you know, so I'm like, I want to talk about how we can ease this transition and sit down and have a family meeting around how we can help her transition psychologically and emotionally and hold a different space for her and our family so that over the next couple of weeks we can have that. But even that act alone is me like, you know. Thinking a million y- thoughts. Yes, yeah. around I'm noticing this, 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 these behaviors in her. She's clearly being impacted. Let me be the one to speak up about it. Let me be the one who facilitates the conversation. Let me sure. be the one who recommends the book that we can read. Let me be the one who reaches out to the teacher. It's like that is a lot of emotional labor. Yeah, well, I'd love to speak to that. Like as someone who um, needed a laminated piece of paper to identify his feelings just a handful of years ago, and now I feel someone who's very in touch with his feelings. Um, just like you're taught to be a good girl and provide for everybody, we're taught to not feel feelings, to not look at the big picture and show up for people around us, to show up for ourselves, that providing is the most important thing you can do. And unwinding that in myself is a completely different uh, you know, challenge. And I think that, um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I'm a good husband in terms of being able to show up and participate and help carry a lot of this stuff. And I also see that you carry a lot more of it. But when you see, for example, our daughter um, struggling in this kindergarten thing, it just doesn't cross my mind the same way it crosses your mind. I'm still not as emotionally attuned as you are with her because society told me to, that little boys don't cry. Mm-hmm. Go to your room until you figure it out, right? And that's a different, different that's programming. A, it's a different programming. It's a difficult thing yeah. to deal with. And to, to, to recapture it, you have to get in touch with those things that are and really I, challenging. And I will say, and I've talked with you guys about this before, because I know when Nina and I and Tyler were going to start this, Tyler was like, uh-oh, are you guys going to gang up on me? <laughs> Especially since we were like really trying to, I really want to empower women. But what I want to, to really uh, be mindful of and really speak to is that I don't want the goal to be for women to like be seen in these deficits and then get more power than men. I, I don't want that. I feel like it's, you know what I mean? I, I want there to be equal power. And so I want to just like acknowledge that I do know that there's the other side and there's a deficit over there too. And um, and that I do think the real goal should be for women not to like dominate men and be the ones who, okay, we've been had our power taken away for, you know, hundreds of years. It's your turn to have your power taken away. I don't, I don't think that that mindset will really solve anything. I think yeah. it's about saying – okay, look at this deficit over here. Look at this thing that we've been carrying or holding. Share with me about your experience and, like, how do we balance things out a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I think that, you know, I shouldn't make any recommendations here, so take it with a grain of salt. But, like, I think women need to speak up for themselves and and be honest and vulnerable. Hey, this is more work than I can handle. Like, building resentment and then that causing relationship struggles is is not healthy. Um, And I think men need to get in touch with their feelings and themselves and be open-minded to that and be able to hear that and say, I want to show up for this. Totally. Right? I think that um, that will really help the dynamic of feeling like there's so much more pressure. Because I see it. There's yeah. so much more pressure on women than there is in men in terms of being able to hold so many things at the same time. Yeah, it's, 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 too, it's too much. And, and yes, I totally agree. Like speaking up, communicating that, calling it out for what it is. Yeah. You know, just because I can do all these things doesn't mean I want to. Like, that, I, I feel like I don't have space to do these other things that are important to me because I'm holding all of these other balls in the air. I don't want to do that. Yeah. So 
I'm asking for your support. And you know what? If you got good people in your world and in your life, they will hundred percent show up. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I was like just starting to ask family members. I'm like, hey, I, I don't I I do this every morning. I don't want to. Can you do this? Yep. What can you do that? Yep. I'm like, oh my God, this could have been different. Well, yeah. first, like so much earlier than now. What's beautiful about that too is the people that show up for you are the people you want in your life. Yes. And the people who are like, hold up, that's not my role. Bye bye. Yikes. <laughs> bye bye. You know? Yeah. So I think there's a lot yeah. to be learned by just like setting boundaries and asking for help and seeing yeah. who shows up. And then kind of tying it back in, I think that once women can start to say, this is too much for me, I have to make my own like self a priority. I believe that once you start, it, first of all, it doesn't happen overnight. I'm still learning and I started that actual particular journey two years ago. But as you just kind of continue to inch your way in that direction, I, I don't think that there is so much need for talk around motivation. It's like yeah. I have an intrinsic desire to um, take care of myself, and through that intrinsic desire, I am naturally motivated to want to be active, to take care of my body, to move better, to feel better, to you know think about the long haul, and... Uh, make just make choices and decisions that that work for me so yeah and piggybacking on what tyler said a moment ago too it's like if we are coming from a place of caring for ourselves taking care of ourselves and we're not focused on looking good then it's, well, it's like that just like we can let that fall away like it, we yeah. we don't we just don't even need that to be like the primary piece anymore and the people who are fixated on that probably don't need to have their you know their thumbs up in our lives like we don't need that acknowledgement from them because we realize like that's those aren't the people I need rooting for me well I mean one of the things that really motivated me to make this shift was years ago Tyler was running a fitness program and uh, my dad joined the program and lost 20 pounds and everyone was like oh my god he looks so great blah 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 and he was like it was really weird I was getting all these compliments on my look but I I'm gonna be honest with you that's not what kept me going mm-hmm. and I was like what do you mean he's like I I'm in my uh, 50s, but I feel 25. That's and awesome. so it's like, I also think that there has to be an element of like understanding that it's a process. And I'm sure you've had client after client come in. I need to change my aesthetic. I need to change my look. And it needs to be centered around weight loss. And by the time they are done with you, it's not about the aesthetic anymore. It's about, I feel yeah. better. I sleep better. I have more energy. I do more things that bring me joy my life feels like more meaningful because it's coming from that place totally i mean do you ever have people i mean come on it's like they start there if it once they once they start taking care of themselves oh yeah it's not about that anymore oh totally and i i hear from clients uh, like i didn't know i was gonna have all that other growth like i didn't i didn't know that i was that that was even on the table yeah like you know they, they, they step in the door. You know, I work online mostly. But, you know, it's like they, they come to me wanting one thing. And it's like I, I honor that, too. Like I yeah. honor whatever goal they come with. But we're going to go real deep with it. Yeah. Right? And it's like you're going to get a lot more than you bargained for. But it's something that you really needed to sustain that thing that you wanted originally. Yeah. Whether it's like more energy, vitality, better sleep. It's like, yeah, we want to improve upon that. But we also want to anchor the mindset so that you can keep – you know, keep on with that, keep up with those results, and even go further. I, I love that. Can I just say, I, I love that you dug deep into the why. 
one of the things we do in our challenges is we ask people why. Why do you, we ask, what's your goal? We ask them why. And I just kept saying, repeat the why until they find something deep. And I had an experience, I've shared this story before, but I had a trainer who I was training to do um, s some, uh, some coaching for a program that I was running for a while. And she was like, I want to be able to do this like one leg squat move. And I was like, okay, why? And she's like, well, I want to have like strong legs and my knees kind of funky. And I'm like, okay, why? She's like, I want to be able to like run again, pain free. I'm like, well, why do you want to run again? She's like, oh, because me and my dad used to run marathons together and, and we haven't done it since my knees were hurting. And I'm like, oh, like there's something so much deeper yeah. behind these things. And when that became the reason, then all of a sudden she could really navigate that pathway a lot further with a very clear intention and goal. And yeah. like, it doesn't happen unless you go deep and you keep asking why over and over again until it feels really fiery and you really feel motivated by it. Yeah, totally. Uh, do you remember who it's the five? It's like the five whys. Like you ask five times yeah. why, and yeah. you're gonna get to Something. a real deep place. Something. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Rebecca, for the work that you do. I know you have a big impact in people's lives. And if you guys want to check out Rebecca, her website is choosinghealthnow.com. Thank you again. So great to be with you. Oh my gosh, I feel like that just flew by. It did. <laughs> it was so great talking with all of you. Thank you. All right, Rebecca. take care. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed today's show. Now, before you go, it would mean a lot to us if you could take a moment right now to subscribe to the podcast and then leave us a review. This helps spread the word so more people can feel lighter by shedding one belief at a time. Also, we want to hear from you. So if this episode impacted you or you have any questions that you think would be great for us or any of our future guests, please feel free to email us at podcast at weshape.com. And finally, if you want to try WeShape's different approach to health and fitness, remember that right now you can sign up for WeShape's Feel Good Challenge and get access to everything WeShape has to offer for free. Just click the link in our podcast description or go to weshape.com slash challenge to sign up.